so much pork. But it's not only pork. It, There's so many vegetables. Why do you equate? Uh, so stupid. Why do you equate Korean food with pork? Because I once had a pork bun, which was like delicious. It was like delicious at like this Korean place. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, well, but it's you like know, there's so many is, other things. It is a lot of pork. Yeah. But it also. But there's so many other things. There's tofu, vegetables. Dude. Okay, so <laughs> tell people what you had. You had the bibimbap. Yeah, the bibimbap. What did you think of it? I thought it was amazing. You know what? That bibimbap is really good with the beef, which I recommended, but mm. you didn't take my recommendation. I didn't because I didn't <laughs> want to eat. I don't want to eat beef. I'm trying to stay away from beef for a while. You are? Yeah. Why? Because it's probably healthier. Yeah, sometimes beef, but I mean, but beef can be so delicious too that it's hard. Oh, so delicious. It's hard not to eat beef, isn't it? Yeah. Like beef is delicious. It's delicious. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's so good. Well, thanks for having Korean food with me. It's hard to find friends to eat Korean food with me because. I feel like a lot of people in America just eat sushi, mm-hmm. Thai, Indian, but they don't really know Korean. Yeah, why didn't it ever, why isn't it crossing over? You know why? Because there's no like little, like there's not like a Chipotle version of like Korean food, you know? Like uh, with Indian there's food, not, you have like Indian, like they didn't Americanize it enough where it's like. There's not like a fast food version of Korean food. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think maybe that's the reason. Is it? I don't know. I think it's because people make jokes about Koreans eating dogs and cats. Yeah. That they're like worried that if they go to a Korean restaurant, what if they are eating a dog? (laughs) I like how you put your gum on your leg like you're going to eat it later. (laughs) (laughs) You want to put in a piece of paper? I didn't want to like, I didn't want to like rustle. Are you going to eat it later? No. Oh my God. You're so funny. (laughs) I'm not that Jewish. (laughs) What about how you were laughing and that woman yelled at us? Oh my God. Waitress yelled at us. And I still tipped her because you know what? Yeah. This restaurant is so good. Like the food is good. So good. But Korean restaurants need to up their service game. (laughs) Like, I can't believe this ye- lady yelled at me and For said, laughing. okay, we were in this Korean restaurant and everybody else is Korean and they're just at normal volume. And you say something hilarious and I bust out one of my <laughs> signature big laughs. The cool laugh. And our waitress comes over in the bitchiest tone and she goes, what did she say? She was like, inside voice, inside voice. What the fuck was that? Yeah. Yeah. Really obnoxious. It really pissed me off. But... You know, I should have just started laughing louder. I know. What is she going to do? The good thing is that our food had arrived. <laughs> you know? That was really funny when you said that. You go, the good thing is our food arrived. I was wondering, is she saying that because it's like a Korean restaurant? No, because... Because, <laughs> like... No, because you always want to... Are they, like, the worst at, like, if, you always if they want, hate you? You always <laughs> want to prevent the waiters from, like, spitting in your food. Yeah. And they do do that. Man, that hasn't happened to me in a really long time where the waitress came over and told me to, like, not laugh loud. You know, it's does that happen to you for laughing? I mean, mostly I'll get dirty looks from other diners, and whoever I'm dining with will let me know everybody's looking at you. You know what? I couldn't, I hate, first of all, I'm really anti-shushing people. I really hate when people shush me at a restaurant or being shushed. I just think, like... Like, you're at a restaurant having a great time. I understand if you're yelling or screaming and it's, like, obnoxious Right, I wasn't, like, yelling at you're you. You're laughing. My mom once it's taught me when I was a joy. kid. Yeah, exactly. She once taught me, she was, like, never, ever, ever shush somebody if they're singing or if they're laughing. Wow, She said those two things are, that? like, holy things. Yeah, <gasps> holy. And my mom shushed me my whole life. <gasps> singing and laughing? Laughing. She always told me oh. not to laugh loud, that nobody will want to marry me. That I, I'm not ladylike. That I should laugh quieter. You're such a great laugh. You're, I love you're, your laugh because you're a comedian. Of course, you love my laugh. Yeah. But doesn't there, even matter. Let's say I didn't. Let's just say you had like an obnoxious laugh. It's still a laugh, right? <laughs> and a laugh is such a holy, like God. And if I don't laugh, thing. If you don't hear me <laughs> laughing, you'll hear me crying. So wouldn't you rather hear me laughing? God. Yeah. But can't shush people when they laugh. Isn't that horrible? And how come you only have one earring on? I know it fell out on my way. <laughs> on my way. <laughs> on your way here? Like I was like like on my way to getting ready. Like uh-huh. I was like getting ready and like it fell out like on the lawn and I was like, eh. And you thought, I'll just keep this one earring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Why'd you keep it in? Because I meant to go. Oh, you mean like why did I even wear one? Yeah, I would. If I were you, I would have just taken one out. But that's you. (laughs) I feel like one is better than none. (laughs) What if I catch you on your left side? It's like, oh, she looks so nice. And then on the right side, it's like it's bare. I don't wear earrings. Never. I don't have my ears pierced. Your ears are not pierced. Or my clit. No. Do you have any piercings? Nothing. Any tattoos? No tattoos. Me neither. Did you see that video of those vegans getting branded? <gasps> no. They got the number 269 tattooed, like branded with like a branding iron. They heat it up and then they lay the girls down on the floor and then they brand their arm <gasps> with this number because I think it signifies something about animal cruelty as a, as a way to make a point of like to show people like how cruel it is to eat animals. Wow. That is oh my really God. extreme. That is so extreme. Right? Would that make you not even eat animals just because they're doing that? That would make me want to eat vegans. <laughs> <laughs> they're already branded. <laughs> Like, I started watching the video because it was on on Twitter. And you know how these videos, they just start playing when you're scrolling? Yeah. I started watching that, but I was like, I don't want to watch that. That looks so fucking painful. Oh, my God. Yeah. But it's, yeah. I mean, that's more painful than, like, a tattoo or anything. Hell, yeah. yeah. At least a tattoo is just a little needle. Yeah. But. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. So, Branding like the Scarlet Letter. So some of my um, followers have asked me to do an episode talking about giving advice to people who are like new to smoking weed mm-hmm. and giving them advice on like how to start smoking weed. Because I have listeners who probably are older who have never smoked weed before who sort of like fell into the whole don't do drugs campaign, mm-hmm. you know, which I totally bought hook, line and sinker when I was a kid. <laughs> really? Yeah, for a long time. Like the don't yeah. dare, don't dare. What was it? Dare. The dare program. Yeah. yeah. And everybody had those dare t-shirts and there was a dog <laughs> or something. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, there was a dog. But I don't know who that dog was. But yeah. But no, people have asked me to do like a sort of <laughs> informative you know, since we're both like pro smokers, yeah, like to give advice on people how to how to handle yourself, what to expect when you first start smoking, because everybody has taken a drink except for Lenny Marcus and uh, never had one drink, not one drink in his life. And Chris Murphy and Chris Murphy, never one drink, never one drink. So so let's talk about like when you first started smoking weed. Wow. I was. Or like, you could ask me questions about when I started smoking weed. Yeah. Well, how old were you when you started smoking weed? Um, I was like 26. Really? Yeah. I tried it for the first time. I was 14. <gasps> so young. Yeah, but I didn't like continue. You know, I wasn't like a pothead at 14. It was just like you I just tried, tried it. it once. Well, I tried it. My friends were like, they were all musicians and like stoners. You're so cool. I know. It felt like <laughs> I was, and I was like, oh, I'm so cool. You know. Uh huh. And like they were all smoking weed at like 14. And like going to, they were going to raves in Miami. Oh my god! And I always felt like I don't really, I don't want to go to raves yet. Like I'm not really ready to do this. Because they were like doing ecstasy and Molly. There? Some of them were doing ecstasy, but my closest friends were just basically stoners. I don't need to do ecstasy because weed already makes me incredibly horny. Really? Doesn't it? For me, I get more like, um, I don't know if I get horny. No, drinking really? makes me horny. Well, drinking makes me horny <laughs> for the sheer fact that uh, I could be drinking Sprite and I'm horny because my bladder pushes up against my fallopian tubes <laughs> or something, really and they're like knocking on their door, like. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys just drink anything. You can just drink like a bunch of water, as long as your bladder. No, <laughs> actually, that's not true. But drinking, drinking is sort of like a yeah, like a little more of an aphrodisiac. But but no, we- but weed weed is wow. ten times stronger as an aphrodisiac. I can't wow. say aphrodisiac you were 26 it was like after college yeah i know and like you know what my campus was such a drinking campus i mean i went to like frat houses like frat parties and stuff but i never i didn't really run across weed so much really because my campus was like has the biggest greek organization the most amount of students in fraternity where did you go again u of i oh yeah so i just it just wasn't i just wasn't around weed during college at all but my life would have been so different had i i probably would have never graduated (laughs) (laughs) i would have just been in my dorm room really so do you so you get like a little bit lazy 
that's the thing that's one tip that i would i would i learned like when i was a teenager like how to not be a lazy pothead because i didn't want to not be productive how, how did you prevent yourself from not being lazy um i would just i would push through it i used to smoke sometimes before high school like in the morning uh-huh and like I would just, I still wanted to, I still got really you good just, grades. You just functioned. You just learned to function Stone. while high. Yeah. So. Everything was just a little bit more interesting and amusing. Totally. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I don't think I would have been lazy because I'm not. Yeah. You're really productive. I'm not lazy on weed. If anything, it makes me think of new ideas. Yeah. I get creative. I want to learn a new song. It often helps you see a different perspective of a problem. You know, yes. like if you have an issue that you're having, you know, and you and you smoke a little weed, you can look at it from like a slightly different perspective. It gives you options. Yeah. Like that. Like it opens your mind up. I think it does a little for sure. Do you think it has a psych psychedelic effect on your mind? I think it it like I think it has a slightly psychedelic effect. Yeah. Uh-huh. I hate to I hate to like be really I don't want to encourage anybody to really do a lot of drugs. I just feel like encouraging I don't want to encourage anyone like, oh, you should do drugs. But if you're doing it. No, but I I, but but I'm letting you know that I have people who want to try weed. Yeah. But they just have gone so long in their life of not smoking. And to all of a sudden start smoking now, they don't know how to do it. Yeah. Or maybe they're not friends with high school I can't kids. not recommend it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's who has the best pot. <laughs> so I hear. Right? Yeah. I can't not recommend it. I mean, I can't tell you that. I, I can't sit here and look you in the eye and say it's not great. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I do. I kind of recommend it. It, like, calms me down. Yeah. Some people say they get paranoid. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I feel like even if I am slightly paranoid, it almost makes me behave better or something because I'm paranoid. Like, I think about something differently. Uh-huh. You know? There's um, more subtlety. I wonder if it makes me... Par I guess it doesn't make me paranoid. You feel like more relaxed. Yeah, there are some people who can't smoke because they they've tried so it paranoid. and they do get paranoid. Yeah. So maybe the first time you try it, just try it with people you know you're safe around. Yeah. So that definitely. even if you do get paranoid about around these people, you're like, okay, but this is my best friend. or Yeah. You know? so, so do it in like, do it at home. Yeah. Okay, when you first start smoking weed, try it at home. Yes. At your home or your friend's house. Number one. Number one. Because <laughs> because some people who can't smoke weed, they can't hang out in public. Yeah. Because they get paranoid that then they see some guy like, I think he's following me or something. Yeah. Or, or you get paranoid and you think everybody knows that you're high, when in reality, nobody knows you're high. I know. Or maybe just a few people who are in the room who smell you, smell the weed on you, but they wouldn't be able to tell you're high from... The way you're acting. That is a definite characteristic, though, is that you do start you start to think that everybody thinks you're high. Yeah. <laughs> like, no matter where you but are. But it's kind of funny. No one's even thinking about you. No one knows yeah. you're there. It makes you super, like, self-conscious <laughs> that, know. like, you think everybody knows you're high. Yeah. I mean, I'm way past that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Right? Yeah. Like, now I don't even care if they know I'm high. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, now I'm, I just I'm show high. up everywhere high <laughs> that, like, nobody knows if I'm high or not. Yeah. Right? They're just yeah, like, that's how she is. Yeah. But I think weed is also a great way to get girls. <laughs> yeah, it is. Isn't it? Yeah, because you could say to them, hey, let's go smoke a bowl in my car. Because. Let's go smoke a bowl. I mean, I guess it doesn't make you horny, but it makes me incredibly horny. I don't know why. Weed just has that effect on me. And wow. as soon as I, like, I know. Are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> <laughs> as Ku is putting her leg up on the seat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my God. But uh, I, I think it's just such, a, such a great way, instead of telling a girl, like, hey, you want to get a drink, how many times have you gone and gotten a drink with some guy and it was just stupid? Yeah. Right, oh, dozens, and you're just sitting at Millions. a in a loud bar, <laughs> yeah, a, a, surrounded by nasty drunk people who spill drinks on you or who are trying to talk to you, or and then you're just sitting there drinking, and alcohol is just poison. Yeah, you know, it like, is you're really just, poison. You're just slowly killing yourself and giving yourself gout and fattening <laughs> everything, yeah. and it makes you violent. It makes me violent, and so, but. I had so many drinks with guys just sitting there thinking, oh, I'm just having a drink because that's what people do. Yeah. You know, like that's like that's a first date It's like, oh, let me invite you for a drink 
or I do a comedy show. Oh, let me buy you a drink. Yeah. I'm like, I'd rather you give me a joint. Yeah. And leave. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give me that mouth herpes that you're infected with. We share this joint that you gave me. <laughs> but also like smoking weed lends itself to a more intimate setting too. You're like alone somewhere in a car or like alone somewhere. That's you true. Know? So if you, you are, can chat, actually if you're chat. a creepy guy, you want to get a girl alone, be like, Hey, you want to smoke a joint? Yeah. But it it's just, it is more intimate because a bar, you're more in a public place. Mm-hmm. I was in, um, I was in Toronto and there was, um, they had like all, it's almost like Amsterdam. Like you can, they had like a comedy oh, show legal? where there was like is weed. Is it legal there? It's like, pretty legal it's like not oh, Canada you know, like, is so cool yeah it was really cool and like you could there was you know there were like weed cafes and there was like a comedy room with like just you know wow. everybody was smoking weed at a comedy show yeah at a comedy or show or was it at a dispensary it was at a comedy show because I did a comedy show in a dispensary in LA wow yeah and it was almost like a weed speakeasy whoa yeah and it's like secret almost because you just go in the back of this dispensary and you wouldn't know about it otherwise if you were just shopping there it's not like it was displayed that's really cool but the problem with these secret shows is that there's like five people there (laughs) (laughs) because nobody knows to show up (laughs) (laughs) like how do you know that you should go yeah Right? Yes, it's so secret. But it was I was ripping on uh, drunk people at that dispensary, and I connected with everybody there because it's true. All of us have been in a bar surrounded yeah. by drunk people. Yeah, it's a it's. I think it's a lot. People always think like, oh, drinking is like a lubrication, so that you know you can socialize and it lowers your inhibitions. But so is weed. Well, weed is different. Yeah. What effect do you think weed has on you? I think it, like, makes me um, definitely more, like, chilled out. I think Just a little more well, chilled out. Well, here's another reason why it's good for just smoking on dates and stuff is because it just makes you smile. Yeah. And, uh, and sometimes when you're, like, on a date, it's hard to break the ice. Yeah. Because you're two strangers. You don't know each other. So the best thing to do is smoke a joint together. Yeah. But then sometimes you go into relationships where you've only hung out with this person high <laughs> and you don't know them sober. <laughs> and then like a couple years later, you're like, fuck, this person sucks. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then you've got the potheads who have to go out like every two minutes to smoke weed because they're not the same. You know, yeah. if they don't smoke weed. They're almost like afraid of who they are because they suck so much. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like those people. It's like alcoholics. Yeah. Who are really quiet when they're sober. Yeah. But then they drink and they're the funniest guy in the room. Yeah, exactly. Right? Well, life of the I'm party. I'm not like that, am I? No, not at all. I know people like that, though. Then they have one drink and all of a sudden they're flying around the room. and they're Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like it's like they're not turned on at all. Yeah. And then that turns them on. Yeah. Like their switch. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. But I think it's good for dates because you're just smiling and when you're smiling it just lowers your defenses and this breaks down the walls yeah. and you're, all of a sudden you're smiling at this person who gave you a joint you <laughs> might you might not be attracted to them but you're smiling so they're gonna think you're attracted to them yeah and then they're gonna smile back and then that can lead to sexy time <laughs> <laughs> and then after after a little while you might actually end up being attracted to them just because you were giving off like a nice friendly right. vibe. Well, that's what's the difference between beer goggles and yeah. weed goggles? Yeah, what is the difference? Um, well, like weed weed makes you sort of like accepting of everybody. You know how we were okay, we were yeah. just we were eating lunch and you were like you're always friends with all these weirdos. <laughs> I was only kidding. No, but you are right. I am friends with a lot of weirdos. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I like weirdos. You know. Well, you are a weirdo. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm a weirdo. So here's the weirdo asking me why I'm friends with all the weirdos. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, like... You're a weirdo. (laughs) Yeah. When I think of drinking, I think of frat parties. Wow, I'm I a think- weirdo. 
Okay, you're not that much of a weirdo compared yeah. to some of my weirdo friends, but yeah. don't take it in a weird way. <laughs> don't take it in a bad way. Yeah. All right. No, I'm cool. No, I like weirdos. Yeah. So, but like drinking, I equate with more like frat boys. Yeah. Jocks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like a... It's like guys who want to like drink you under the table, yeah. play beer pong and all that stuff. Like drinking is like tailgating, football parties. That's what drinking is. Yeah. Weed is more like musicians. Yeah. It's more jamming. It's more like having fun, laughing. Music sounds so good on, you know, on it. Oh my god, and food tastes so good. If you've never smoked weed before, do it just to like try your favorite food. Oh, hi. Yeah. Like the first time I ever like ate something high, I was oh. like, what? So I know. It's I amazing. I was like, what? This is fucking delicious. It's like your favorite thing is amplified. Like, yeah. So amplified. Yeah. And yeah. having sex high, forget about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But like drinking makes you angry. Like I equate drinking with more fighting, like and sad, like guys in England. Exactly, like people drink alone or old men at bars by themselves. Yeah, it is well, sad. Benjamin Franklin, who was a drunk and regretted being a drunk, said, "Drinking does not drown your sorrows, but waters them and makes them grow." <gasps> yep. Wow. Benjamin Franklin. No way. Yep. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. He was an alcoholic. Yeah, big one. He also said that God proves His love for us by inventing beer. Wow. Yeah. But then he said that before he realized that it was such a depressing. I can never remember quotes like that. <laughs> <laughs> I admire that ability. <laughs> I just really like Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like him too now. I guess I didn't realize. He's something. Yeah. <laughs> so I have Sheba Mason with me back on my podcast. <laughs> Thanks for doing it again. Hey, thanks for having me. No, because last time we were backstage, we were at a comedy show. Yeah. And I had limited time with you. And it was all producery. But it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, because my, my mom was on it. No, people loved it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because huh. you were so funny. We had such a good time, didn't we? Yeah, it was really fun. It was really funny. So I wanted to have you back on just because that one was so short. Oh, thanks. Yeah, because that one was just like half an hour or something. Yeah. So fuck that shit. Yeah. Talk right? about weed. I want to like, yeah, I want to get into it. Right. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Man, you know what? I think sometimes I'm really disgusting. <laughs> like how so? Um, okay. Does your vagina produce like, <laughs> does your <laughs> vagina produce um that gooey stuff? Like, like, like discharge. Like white though? Yeah. Uh, it, occasionally for three reasons. Oh, what are the reasons? One, if I'm really turned on. Uh-huh. Two, if it's like right before I'm going to get my period. Uh-huh. And that's it, actually. Two reasons. <laughs> <laughs> if you have it for a third reason, you might have an STD. <laughs> I don't know. No, 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 no. I don't mean, uh, not like a bad discharge, <laughs> but sometimes you like get... Yeah, you, okay, you know like the gummy <laughs> stuff behind a credit card when you get a new credit card oh in the my mail? God. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah. So so sometimes you get a credit card and then you get this gummy stuff that's a, that's making the credit card attached to the piece of paper. It's like gl- like glue? It's like glue, but it still has like that gumminess to it. Yeah. Right? Sometimes I find that in your underwear? Yeah. And so yesterday, I pulled the piece out and I get excited when this happens. Do you? Uh. <laughs> I'm like maybe excited slash worried. <laughs> I don't know. No. What? When you mean like when you pull it out? Yeah. And then what? So you okay, pulled it out? Okay. Most. Of, here's the thing. Out of your underwear or out of your vagina? Out of my underwear. Oh. No, I mean my vagina. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> okay. Most of the time when you find this credit card goo, it's it's already too late. Because you're like going to the bathroom. <laughs> you're going to the bathroom. And you... You have pulled down your underwear, and it's already, like, mashed up on your underwear, right? Yeah. Oh, but sometimes you can find it, and it's a perfect gooey yeah. thing. I see what you're saying. Sometimes. And it's so satisfactory to just pluck that right out. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You got to get there before the underwear has a chance to demolish it. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes you get, sometimes you get a perfect little round piece, right? 
That is satisfying. Isn't it so satisfying? Sometimes you get, you pluck it out and you got to it before it's saturated your panty liner or your underwear. Yeah. How so, often would you say you get a real good one? I mean, <laughs> not often, but yesterday, <laughs> that's why it's like a jackpot, right? Yeah. So yesterday I got one and I pulled it out and it was like, you know. Oh, so much fun. It's <laughs> It's so much fun, so I decided to put it on my bathroom mirror. Because oh. I'm disgusting, right? <gasps> oh, my God. It's so disgusting. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, you should throw it out or wipe it off. And We were, like, proud of it. I was proud of it, and I thought it was cool. So I put it on the bathroom mirror. This morning. <gasps> did it harden? Yeah. How did you know? I just had a feeling. Really? Are you sure that, like, you don't have a credit card machine in your vagina? <laughs> So like, <laughs> isn't that what vaginas are? They're credit card machines. That's true. So I left it on the mirror and it hardened and I had to scrape it off this morning. <gasps> With your finger? With some tweezers. Isn't that amazing? Oh my God. Did you think it, you knew it, was, it would harden? I had a feeling. Yeah. What's up with that? You well, just you, know. Well, I feel like it hardens in your underwear, you know? I guess it does, but usually it's like spread out. Yeah, because it's right? all smushed. Yeah, because it gets smushed throughout the day. <laughs> Sometimes my leakage is so much, I have to like change my underwear like really? twice a day. What happens when you masturbate? Do you have like a spurt? Oh, I mean, I don't squirt. At all? No. Can you squirt? I don't know if I'm squirting. I don't know what's going on. I know that something comes out. <laughs> well, it's just wet. Yeah, it's wet. Yeah. Well, because we're young women. Yeah, we're, that's why, yeah. We're going to get wet. Yeah, that is why. We're young. Yeah. Yeah. I guess when you get older, kind of dries up a little. Dry up? Not com- Yeah, not completely. completely. But by the time we're older, there'll be some technology that fixes that. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, old men have Viagra now. What's going to happen when we're 80? <laughs> right? We'll have something. One time I was with this guy who I was dating and like he um he it was like the first time we were going to have sex, right? And he didn't really do anything to it at all. Like not with his hand. And he just shoved his, his dick in. He like tried to. That's what like 90% of guys try to do. So listen to what he said. He goes, "Yeah, it was like the first time ever, which Ugh. is like the audition, you know?" Yeah. So so he's like, you know, next time I'll bring lubrication, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like insulting. And I, I'm like, next time, why don't you bring your finger? Okay. <laughs> next time, bring. I didn't say. I that. hate lubrication. I know it's gross. We don't it need is lubrication. So do something with your dude, finger. We're young. Like, yeah. What do you do? Something with your finger or something? Yeah. You could just yeah. you could just lick it, and then the liquid will come out. Yeah. Lubrication is for old people. And it's gross. It's like it's slimy. Gross. And I'd rather use my natural body's around. my natural body's lubrication. I don't want to stick a, like a chemical in there if I don't have to. Exactly. It's not good for you. Yeah. Whatever it's in that, I'm sure it's not good for you. I don't even like using tampons. Like I just don't like sticking things up there I if I can avoid it. I don't use tampons either. You know? Unless I have to, unless I'm like stuck somewhere without anything. Right. But uh, you'd rather use a pad. I use menstrual cups. Oh, my friend uses those. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You wash it out. Mhm. <laughs> it's it's greener. Yeah, I know. It's better for the environment, which I care deeply about. Yeah. I don't like people who don't care about the environment who like leave lights on and shit. Yeah. Shut the light. Right? Yeah. Throw like, away your garbage. I'm always very <laughs> conscious about that. I've always been since I was a kid. I guess because my school recycled, my grade school, we had like a recycling program. Yeah. Every week we would like go in the recycling room and we would like separate the papers into different like piles, <laughs> like newspaper, like white paper, colored paper. Wow. Yeah. And we had and we got r- written up in the newspaper about our recycling program. Wow. So I've always been super conscious about recycling. But well, they really trained you. Yeah. It was great. Wow. Yeah. Do you know anyone else from your school now? Um, I mean, I like, wonder if it's stuck with everybody else, you know, oh, training probably Be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you learn something as a kid, you're more prone to like keep it respected and to right keep yeah. those keep those habits of recycling. Yeah. When I go to people's houses, I'm like, where's your recycling bin? And they don't have one. <laughs> I am appalled. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you still stay for dinner, though. <laughs> 
They just made it illegal to have styrofoam takeout containers in Miami. Wow. They yeah. should. Yeah. But remember when McDonald's had, like, the Big Mac came in a styrofoam container? And it was, like, a big deal, I remember. And that was when they, wasn't that when they started talking about styrofoam back then? Wasn't how, it like, how it doesn't like biodegrade. Yeah. You know what? The cult that I grew up in, we always had styrofoam cups. And paper plates. I mean, uh, uh, styrofoam oh, plates. Oh, yeah. I always forget that, that you grew up in a cult. I know. Do you have any questions for me? Yeah, I do. <laughs> what was the cult? It was um, an, a Christian evangelical ministry. That's right. Yeah. That's why I identify with Kurt Metzger a lot. That's because right. he, you know what? When I heard him on Bennington, he started talking, he started calling Jehovah's Witness a cult. And that mm-hmm. made me happy because I'm like, yes, you did grow up in a cult. They didn't allow you to celebrate your birthday. Come on. That's wow. a fucking cult. What's the reason behind not celebrating your birthday? Probably. Be- I mean, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness, so I don't know. But I'm guessing probably because the Bible teaches you that all glory should be given to God and you shouldn't want any glory for yourself. Oh, my God. I know. They so- must frown upon being an entertainer, right? Definitely. that's all glory for yourself exactly so that's my that was one of my problems with it is i became the first chair oboe player in the state of illinois and i was super i I practiced really hard how old were you i was like fucking 12 13 and i like achieved such great feats with my musical abilities and then the church would constantly tell me well you didn't do it that's god's that's God's will for you, and God gave you that gift. Motherfucker, no. I practice an <laughs> hour every day. Fuck you. Yeah. You know, but, like, I didn't, I wasn't capable of articulating myself that way. I just sort of internalized it. You were it. young, yeah. And I didn't have anybody to tell, hey, I really think this is not God's gift. I think this is, <laughs> this is me. I this think it's all the fucking hours that I've put into. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't have anybody to tell that to. Wow. But I just thought it in my head constantly, and I just thought, why do wow. I have to keep giving glory to God? So like, so like, when you, how often would you go to this church? Did you like, go to a special school? No, no, but my parents were like the missionaries of it. So I would go, I would go, I would be there like four days a week. Did you go door to door at all? Trying to get other people? No, I would have to recruit my classmates. I would teach Bible study. I would go to this girl's house, this Filipino girl's house. I would go and teach her Bible study on her bed. Wow. I would bring my Bible. I bought her a Bible and we would study and we would analyze and I would teach her the stuff that I learned in church. And I would always try to get her to come to the Saturday or Sunday worship service. She never came, but I still taught her Bible study at her house. Oh my God. One time I taught the mayor's daughter Bible (laughs) study. Like I started going to her house. She had a nice house. <laughs> nice spread. She had a really good. She had lots like of food. to me, it was like a mansion. But it's probably if I saw it now, it'd probably be. Are your parents smaller. still in the cult? Um, they like bop around to different cults. <laughs> they're n- they're not in the cult anymore. What are some of the other like trademarks or, or like some of the um, you know, the practices of the cult? Um, like, they would love bomb you. Like when you first come in, you're you're considered a sheep. Yeah. And like they are shepherds, so. They, it's almost like they're admitting they're they're calling you dumb. Yeah, because sheep are dumb. Yeah, when you have a herd of sheep, you can just lead them astray anywhere, and they could they'll just follow you. They're like lemmings. You could you could just lead them off a cliff, and they'll all die. So it's really demeaning, right, to be called a sheep. Yeah, meet my new sheep, Sheba. Right, and then you would come in, and they would um sort of take you out to eat all the time, and sort of give you companionship and like friendship. Yeah. Because you're probably lonely and they that's how they get you. Yeah. It's just with the friendship. So they target a lot of people who are really insecure, vulnerable, uh, who grew up in broken homes, who are lonely, who suffer from depression. So they would target that. So sometimes when they would get somebody who's not uh, like obviously depressed or something like that and get like a popular kid. Mm-hmm. Or like an athlete or a cheerleader or something like that. It was like a big victory. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember when I was on the school bus and I would, I followed this girl home one time. And this girl was the little sister of the homecoming queen of my high school. Yeah. And she, they're beautiful, you know, like these, this was a tall girl with, you know, beautiful, like brown hair and size zero, zero. And I remember thinking, if I bring her to church, 
like I'm going to win a lot of brownie points because she's so beautiful and she's so popular. (laughs) (laughs) And she's white. (laughs) Because like up to this point, I had brought like a Filipino or like an insecure white girl or whatever. Right. So I followed her and she's walking home through an alley. And I'm like, I'm going to go get I'm going to ask her to Bible study. I'm going to. And I followed her and <laughs> I don't know, really weird. she must've known I was following her. Like, and she must've known I don't get off at that bus stop. That's not where I live. <laughs> right. I'm getting off at the other side of town. Yeah. And I'm following her in the alley and I go, excuse me. And I thought I'm like doing the Lord's work. I'm like, I'm really being really gutsy right now. I go, excuse me. Um, would you like to study the Bible? <laughs> and she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> You almost like asked her out, like a little boy, like running after her, following her. I mean, I should have, I should have at least broken the ice with something, <laughs> you know. But it's almost like I knew I was gonna get rejected, but I just wanted to like try and ask her, just so that in my conscience, I'm like, why? Well, <laughs> Bible study. I did ask the most popular girl out to Bible study <laughs> in my grade. That's really cute. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, they, like I was in high school and they would bring me to college campuses to go recruit (gasps) sheep. Wow. They would call it fishing. Wow. They called it fishing? They call it fishing because Jesus was a fish. Your parents would do that? They would bring you? You know what? Not even my parents. It was the people in church. Wow. So these people who were like my shepherds and shepherdesses, they would bring me and we would go recruit. You were like 15? Yeah. I was 15, 16 years old. And wow. after school, I would be like, go up to these college students, be like, excuse me, do you want to study Bible? They think you were weird? Yeah, I was weird. Oh, my God. Isn't that weird? Like, have you ever been asked by oh, a you random- might be one of those people. Like, you were one of those people in New York City who comes up to you and does that. Yeah, you've been asked by yeah. people, right? Yeah, they, they are Asian you- a lot. What do you say? They're no, Asian thanks. and oblivious. Yeah, I'm like, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> They're not like really like, you know, they're not like annoying about it. They just ask you, you say no, and they let it go. Yeah. They don't push you. Right, right, I've never right. been like really pushed they by don't, anyone They Asian. don't push you until you're in it deep. Oh, wow. Then they set you up in this arranged marriage. <gasps> yeah. How did you avoid that? I laughed really loud and nobody wanted to marry me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Even as a Christian, I laughed loud. <laughs> Oh my god. Wait, yeah. so but so how did you finally leave it? Like did you have to come out to your parents and say like You know what? I was at a prayer meeting at Gideon's house. And Gideon is not his real name. His real name was Frank, but they change everybody's <laughs> name and give you a Bible name. So Gideon That's So weird. Gideon, What's your name? Well, I was born into it, so I already have a biblical oh, name. Yeah. So so I was at Gideon's house and Gideon was married to Ruth. Ruth was not her real name. Lori, <laughs> Lori was her real name. But there's no fucking Lori in the Bible, right? So, so they go, your name is Ruth now. And Gideon and Ruth made the most hideous pair ever. <laughs> the most hideous couple. They like, set them up? Yeah, because everybody has an arranged marriage. So it's a way to sort of neuter you and to curb you from thinking about sex and to devote your whole life to God so that you're not thinking about dating. Because you already have this sexual partner. Well, that's like taken care of. You're supposed to just trust that God will set you up with a, a partner in life. Wow. So anyway, nobody wanted to marry Ruth and nobody wanted to marry Gideon. <laughs> okay. Gideon was this petite little man who was in the army and he was just like, I don't know, something about him. He was just really smarmy. Nobody liked him. Mm. Okay. Then there was Ruth and she played clarinet really, really badly, but she thought she was good. <laughs> and she would always want solos every Sunday at the Sunday <laughs> worship services. And we were all like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but she would always push herself to like do solos. But she like would bop around on the clarinet <laughs> in a very forced way. Like she'd be moving her body and she thinks she's moving to the music, but she has no rhythm. Okay. And then, and she was also very pear shaped (laughs) and she was bigger than Gideon. Okay. Imagine like if Gideon is standing behind Ruth, you don't see Gideon, right? (laughs) Like her shadow would cover him completely. You don't see Gideon. He's like a little Russian doll inside her. So then, uh, and Ruth was like, they're both very unattractive. Okay. Um, and Ruth was like this large woman, big hips. 
and she would be she would play in the orchestra so, so we're sitting in the front of the church so we're facing the congregation yeah so but you know we have very strict rules about like dress code like they would look at you and they would just cover you up they'd be like this cleavage and these legs you know we can't cook these men so they would give you a shawl and cover you up and so but ruth had on a button down blouse mm-hmm. and the first two buttons were un- unbuttoned mm-hmm. it literally shows like two inches of her neck Okay, <laughs> nothing's being seen, and don't worry, you know she didn't have cleavage. It's not like, but yeah. but she worried about it as if, and I'm like, okay, you don't need to worry about trying to cook men, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so whenever we bowed our heads in prayer, she would take the top of her shirt and hold them so that if anybody was trying to look down her shirt, that they that she oh would prevent them from looking down her shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, I was always like thinking like, fucking get over yourself. Nobody's <laughs> trying to look down your shirt, right? <laughs> So, oh my God. Okay, so Ruth and Gideon, I was assigned like their prayer meeting. And every Friday we would go to somebody's house and I was going to their house, their apartment. So there's literally five, six people in this prayer meeting. <laughs> I know, it's always so Sounds sad. Sounds like a lot of the shows that I do. <laughs> <laughs> it was always so sad. So then I show up in my chemistry class. I was a junior in high school. And my chemistry teacher, Mr. Vale, he had us all make tie-dye t-shirts mm-hmm. as part of just learning about colors or I don't know what we were learning, but we were just tie-dyeing t-shirts. So I had this blue, uh, yellow, and green tie-dye t-shirt that I had made, and I have no idea what the connotations of tie-dye are to the hippie drug culture. To me, this was my science project. <laughs> I walk into my Friday night testimony sharing meeting wearing, <laughs> wearing this tie-dye t-shirt. <laughs> And Gideon and Ruth flipped the fuck out. (laughs) What did they do? They look at me and they look at each other and they were like, what are we going to do with her? The devil has gotten, has (laughs) has possessed little Esther. They shove me. Ruth takes me aside and she acts like as if there's a hundred people at her congregation. (laughs) There's literally five people. And she whispers, come with me. I'm like, bitch, you don't have to whisper, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. It's always all these, like, always secretive, really. So weird. Such weird behavior, right? So she would take me into her bathroom. And she has a, they have a tiny one-bedroom apartment in Merrill's Park, okay? Mm -hmm. It's not a nice apartment. It's just, they were probably paying $300 in rent. So I'm in the bathroom. And. Lori, uh, Ruth is searching for a blouse that's suitable for me to wear to this quote unquote Friday night testimony sharing meeting. (laughs) (laughs) So I am just sitting in the bathroom thinking, what the fuck am I doing? Why are these people flipping out over my science project? I want to wear this shirt. I made this shirt. I'm proud of it. And I think it looks cool. I like the colors and it's vibrant. And oh my God. So then she busts in with this peach colored blouse, but it's very transparent. So I put it on. Then she looks, she takes one look at me and shoves me back in the bathroom. Oh my God. Because it's see through. <laughs> and she's looking for an undershirt, and everybody wore undershirts and slips. Oh my God. I it's like to, Amish. Yeah, I used to have slips that came down to my ankles. Oh my God. So that guys couldn't see through my skirt. That's so and weird. And see my silhouette. Wow. Meanwhile, fast forward to my Instagram now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I've seen a lot of your videos. Like, <laughs> pretty silhouette is like covered for you. <laughs> you can see a silhouette of your pussy. <laughs> so then, oh my God. So then she shoves me back in the bathroom, looks for an undershirt. I don't know if you've ever worn an undershirt, but it's like, looks like the one you have on now, but mm-hmm. it would be white. Yeah. Like, a, what do you call that? A, um, camis- camisole? a camisole. Yeah. But like really cheap camisoles that they would buy like at JCPenney for like two ninety nine, right? Yeah. For three. <laughs> <laughs> so then she's looking for a camisole, but she's such a selfish bitch. She doesn't give me one of her undershirts. She gives me one of Gideon's nasty armpit stained undershirts. Ew. That's obviously a men's shirt. So you took it though? I took it and I put it on. But as I'm putting this on, I'm looking at myself in the mirror thinking, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I letting these fucking crazy people tell me what to wear? And when you're a teenage girl, when you're 17 years old, what you wear is life. 
Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It's like nobody tells you what to wear. And if they tell you what to wear, you hate them. Yeah. And you sneak out of the house and you go put on whatever you want to wear. Yeah. Because that's it's like, true. What you're wearing is like major. Yeah. It's, it's so, your identity. You're finding your identity. like you Exactly. Know? And you're expressing yourself. Your individual. And, yeah. and you're growing into a woman and you have like curves and you want to show them off. Yeah. And if the church is trying to like hide that and suppress it well so you remember that exact moment it was like a pivotal moment that was the moment where i decided fuck this i'm not gonna let these people tell me what i'm gonna wear and not wear and put on this nasty undershirt with armpit stains that i don't even know if they washed so i put that on and i went back into the living room and we finished our meeting but inside i was just brewing with anger Wow. And uh, something just grew inside of me of I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And that's how I left. And how did you ultimately leave? Though? And then, that's a fascinating and, story. And then on that was fascinating. Right. That's really, really an interesting story. That moment, that pivotal moment, like changed you forever. It did. Right. Yeah. I should thank it. Really and interesting. Ruth. And then. Like, yeah. And then on Sunday, I, you know, because I was a piano player of the church. So usually I would wear a dress or a skirt down to my ankles, an old grandma hand-me-down, like not flattering at all. Mm. And I stopped wearing dresses to, to church on Sunday, but I was a piano player. So I'm up there, I'm in front of the whole congregation, albeit it was like 80 people. Mm-hmm. It's a small house church, but I was still in front of people and I'm supposed to be a missionary kid. I'm supposed to be like an exemplary Wow. person in the church and so the pastor's wife took me aside after i like showed up to church wearing jeans to play the piano it was my way of rebelling i'm like you're gonna tell me what to wear i'm gonna start wearing jeans to church and i wore jeans and she flipped out and she takes me aside and says well if you're gonna wear jeans here then we don't want you playing piano i said well if i'm not gonna play piano here anymore i'm not coming and that was like huge i mean i went from a bible teacher missionary kid to telling her off wow you said that i didn't swear but i was just i just said that and this is a woman who i grew up with you know what i mean like Like your aunt like you're a kid yeah that they're they were my family so you said if i can't play piano i'm not coming so what'd she say she said okay then don't come so then you stop going i stopped going yeah (gasps) what did your parents do you know my parents didn't do anything my parents sort of uh were took like a laissez-faire approach to parenting mm-hmm. so they didn't the ch- people at church were more judgmental than my own parents were were they arranged was their marriage yeah, arranged yeah. really because mm-hmm. of the same church mm-hmm. wow so your whole family's like that too yeah is your sister still in it no 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 everybody left oh. after i left but at the time when i left I was the only one who had left and everybody else was still in it. They were judging me. Like my younger brother was like, my sister listens to the Beach Boys and it's sinful music. (laughs) The Beach Boys. Can you imagine? It's like the most wholesome music. It's so innocent. (laughs) The Beach Boys are so innocent. California girls. Compared to what like (laughs) other kids were listening to Nirvana and shit. Yeah. 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 And here he is. But it's true. That's how hardcore the fucking church was. Is that it was just rock and roll is sinful. Oh, my God. It's like almost like Amish. What is this called again? It's called University Bible Fellowship. It it was, it reminds me of Amish people. Did you go to a re- – was your college religious, though? No. It was but, U of I? No, but when I got there, you know what? My dorm was What's, full yeah. of religious Koreans. Not as religious as the way I grew up, but I was like, you got to be kidding me. I got there, and they're all doing Bible study in the lobby. What What, what is U of I? It's University of Illinois. Oh. Yeah. Wow, but that was like a regular school. Yeah, no, that yeah. was a public. That was just like coincidence. University. It's just, I don't know. Koreans just love Jesus, man. It's just wow. ever since the Korean War, I think they were just pining for a savior. And when Jesus came along, they were like, "Yes, we love him." Yeah, you do see them a lot in New York City, right? Like I said, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So your brother's not into it anymore at all. No, no one is. No, actually, my brother, my younger brother, made like a pamphlet saying, "Does God exist?" No. (laughs) (laughs) And he used to pass them out on campus. (laughs) So we both went very extreme ways. Wow. Away from the church. But isn't that insane? That is insane. That's insane. They like live under a rock. Like they're not so different from like, you know, Hasidic Jews. Yeah. No, we did live under a rock. We weren't. Like, we weren't allowed to do a ton of shit. Actually, I wasn't allowed to wear shorts to school. 
the, the, the church said, but like nobody at my church went to my school. So I would wear shorts to school. Yeah. You know, but I was like one of the weird kids at school. That's why, like, that's like when people make fun of me for my race and call me like chink or go back to China or something. That never really bothered me as much as when people were like, "Go to your cult and go burn a goat." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "Oh, you got some racial slurs for me? Like, why don't you attack my religion first, you dumbass?" Because at the tur- at the church, they would tell us to expect persecution. They were like, you will be persecuted for following. It's almost like Scientology, a little. Yeah, it, yeah. Scientology definitely has Did, very cultish vibes, right? Yeah, like, would, were they okay with taking medication? I mean, not that I'm super okay like, with. it I either, took but. Tylenol. And, oh, okay. Like I know, like yeah, they weren't. It wasn't like Scientology oh. in that way. Like they won't even help you if you're like dying. They won't give you anything. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah they're crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, isn't that insane? Wow, that's insane. Yeah. How did you finally become a comedian, ultimately? Well, I was always really funny. Yeah. Like, in school. Like, I would always crack up everybody in school, in class. Yeah. And I, w- I would also annoy a lot of people in school. <laughs> people were like, shut up. I would be, I would be like, reciting <laughs> lines from Aladdin, like yeah. Robin Williams lines. Yeah. Um, at school. And I, I don't know, I just... I was just always finding myself like entertaining people. And I was already on stage at church a lot, playing music and dancing and stuff. So, I mean, you started in Boston, right? Yeah, I started in Boston. So, yeah. Hmm. Isn't that insane? That is really insane. That's a crazy story. It's wow. it's also like a lot of Hasidic, not a lot, but there are some Hasidic people who became comedians like Ari Shafir. Yeah. Grew up Hasidic, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there is a difference between like Hasidic and Orthodox Jewish. What is know? the difference? Well, Hasidic is more like the cult. They're like really hardcore. The hats and the curls. The hats and the curls. Orthodox Jews are just very religious. So oh. they're not super affected by their religion. Like you'll still see them out. You know, they wear a yarmulke maybe. Oh, really? You know, they wear a yarmulke. You'll still go to comedy clubs. You can use the F Oh, word so I don't them. know if Ari was Hasidic or he may Orthodox. Not have, he might have just been Orthodox. I don't know. I'm not sure. I wonder. But uh, yeah, but like the black hats are like they call them black hats. Like they're like oh, do serious. they? Yeah, yeah. Like somebody actually just called me up to do a show in Dallas, and it was gonna be fun. It was gonna pay a lot of money. He was like, "We need to see a video." So I like cleaned up my video so much. Basically, the whole act was just um, me saying the word Sheba, <laughs> <laughs> like Alubel, Alubel, yeah. Alubel, Alubel. <laughs> And, like, I didn't get it because, like, they, they can't. And it was, like, really a clean video. Like, it was very innocent. He said it has to be, like, squeaky, squeaky clean. They're just so, so, like, under a rock. Like, you can't say anything to them. You can't even, like, make fun of, you know, anything. Nothing. What? It's like a cult. Oh, because it was a Hasidic audience? Yeah, it was going to be Hasidic. But I was just happy to, like, go to Dallas. I just wanted to go to Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whatever, I'll get through it. I'll figure out something. You yeah. Know, I'll just write some clean, I'll just figure out something clean to say, even right. if I have to sing. Right. <laughs> you know, I just want to go to Dallas. So did you do it? No. No, I didn't get it. They said no. Dude, I need help writing clean jokes. It's so hard. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Part of it is... When I started comedy, I remember, like, people telling me, like, if you wrote clean jokes, like, your career will really take off. People, I remember people telling me to give me, they were giving me advice Mm -hmm. of, like, write some clean stuff. Like, for TV, write clean. And I've always rebelled against it, you know, because I was like, well, fuck that. Yeah. This is is what I want to do, and I want to. And you were already so repressed. You came from, like, this repressed you know childhood right and my comedy is a way to is is a reaction to the strict upbringing that i had did you go to an all-girls high school no No. i went to a public high school oh so you like so like during the day you were like totally normal kind of i mean kids made fun of me because and i remember because but i was also very social and very active everybody knew me in high school i was like i was known when you're the one asian in a white high school you're a celebrity Prom queen is like what, I, and I was the president of the school. I was all everything. Oh they loved me. That's no, so funny. But it's true. You are famous when you're the one minority in an all whatever high school. 
Mm-hmm. So everybody did know me. Unless Actually, you're black. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but one time, this girl. Okay, so in during lunch hour, I would always pick somebody whose birthday it was and sing happy birthday to them. And the whole lunchroom of like 500 kids would quiet down and listen to me <laughs> sing happy birthday and single somebody out and almost embarrass them <gasps> if they weren't into it. And I would sing happy birthday and then everybody would like sing along or whatever. And there was this girl who was a freshman when I was a senior, my Spanish teacher was her homeroom teacher. And my homeroom teacher, my Spanish teacher came up to me and she's like, no, she was my homeroom teacher. She was her Spanish teacher. She goes, this girl in my class really wants to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) That was like when you, that was like really becoming a celebrity. Right? She like had to send somebody else over to ask her. I know. I thought that was That's so... That's foreshadowing. That, I thought that was so cool. And then I met her and this little freshman girl was so... Because she was in my lunch period and she saw me singing happy birthday to my friends. <laughs> causing a big commotion. So to her, I was like a celebrity in the lunchroom. Oh my and God. And then I went and I met her in her classroom and she was just... She said, you're so funny. I'm just so excited to meet you. I love your laugh. <laughs> Isn't that so cool? Yeah, that was foreshadowing. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Nothing to do with foreskin. (laughs) Wow, that's really cool. You were the toast of the town. I mean, the thing is, when you go to an all-white high school, there are a lot of haters, though. Really? Yeah, there's this girl. Who hate Asian people? No, no, no. Who just hate. Or jealous. Annoying people. Oh. Like half the class would be amused by all of my shenanigans, and then half the class would be like, "Shut up! Don't encourage Uh. her," you know. (laughs) So (laughs) that's really funny. I could totally picture that. It's like that's so funny. But you were like kind of like the class clown in a way. And I also have major ADD. I just couldn't sit still in class. I would just be like walking around. I'd be standing up. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd tell the teacher, you know, you learn faster when you're standing up. And then like other kids would start standing up. <laughs> <gasps> oh my God. You know, like I was disruptive, but I was also productive. Yeah. So I wasn't so disruptive where they. Like, you weren't like just an asshole. You were like a creative asshole. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like so, creative and like quirky, I would so say. So teachers liked me a lot. Yeah. But then some classrooms, like I remember my math class in junior year of high school, I was really quiet because everybody in that class was already in my other classes. <laughs> so I was like, they know that I'm funny. So I'm just going to sit here and do work. <laughs> 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 and it's like hard to be funny in a math class when a teacher is super serious. <laughs> and so I wasn't. It, yeah. It was weird because I noticed that my personality almost changed in that math class than when I was in other classes. And it was almost bizarre. And I remember when my teacher wrote in my yearbook that year, like she wrote something like, you are a kind and gentle person. Ah! And I remember like that, that comment that she wrote didn't match any of the others. <laughs> I'm like people would think it's a like totally different person. That's really weird. The yeah. math class is so different though. But I would also, I would be very conscious of when I'm funny. Mm-hmm. Like, around certain people, I know that I was just funnier Yeah. around. Or so- certain people just bring out your funniness yeah. more easily. It's true. You know? Certain people do. That's why, I think that that's why you, like, would rather be around certain people. Like, it's like, because you feel funnier around them. You feel, like, more, almost more relaxed. Yeah. You know? But definitely there were, there were different people who, like, saw different sides of me. Wow. Yeah. The many sides of coup. <laughs> <laughs> for Four. me, for me, wow. high school, for me, high school was fun. This was so interesting about, about your cults that you were in. I didn't, I know you told me that like years ago and then I forgot, like, I just forgot. Yeah. It's really fascinating. Talking to Kurt was really interesting about it too. Like, it's really interesting. I know. I'm dying to talk to Kurt about it because he and I have that in common. Wow. I mean, I wasn't a Jehovah's Witness, but it sounds sort of Very similar. Very similar, yeah. You know, the shit that they put you through and wow. everything's a secret and everything has to be all like and it's hush not, hush. It's not like your parents are like bad people because they, you know, kind of thrust that upon you. It's just that they're, you know, they're they don't just, know any They're misguided. And, misguided. And they're. They want what's best for you. They just think that that was best. I don't know if they want the best for me they i don't think it was really a thought that came into their hot heads but um wow. but no i mean they just fell for it hook line and sinker yeah and then i was just born into it and the crazy thing about all these like jehovah's witness amish mormon christian evangelicals and stuff 
they all spit out a shitload of babies. <laughs> yeah. The bigger the family, like, be fruitful and multiply, they believe in that. They think that that's a way that's to... That's like how the Jews are, too. Are they? Yeah, the Hasidic Jews have, like, ten kids. Oh, that's true. You always see them with strollers and wigs. So funny, on one hand... Yeah, strollers and wigs. Yeah. It's so funny how, like, with these religions, like, on the one hand, they're so against sex and hide my legs and hide this, but on the other hand, it's like they fuck morning and night, you know? I know, it's like, true. Like, I don't get it. Like, what? what yeah. is it? But... It, I know it's just their husband. They want it. Though, they want it to be like married sex, controlled sex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's something to be said for that. I don't know. But I remember sometimes people would have affairs in the church, and it would be really scandalous. Really? Yeah. Like there was this Chinese girl, Vicky, who was in our church, and this white guy, Patrick. Who and Patrick was like this all American. He was a drummer. He was in the orchestra. Mm-hmm. They were both really attractive, and they started having sex. <sighs> How did and, everyone know? Well, because, like, my parents were missionaries, so, like, they would be part of, like, the rebuking process, I think. And it just became known, but they wow. didn't announce it at any meeting or anything. It just, that's how they both left the church. Yeah, I bet. Because they started fucking, <laughs> and then everybody was like, you better stop fucking, you're not married. They, they were, were like, fuck, this. fuck you, we're yeah. out of here. And that's how they left. Wow. She's here. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, Sheba Mason, for doing my podcast. Follow her, follow her at Sheba Mason at Sheba Mason on Twitter. Okay, thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.